come by the fire. Lay down your head. My love, I see you're growing tired. So set the bad day by the bed and rest a while. Your eyes can close. You don't have to do a thing, but listen to me sing. I know you miss the world, the one you knew, the one where everything made sense because you didn't know the truth. That's how it works. Till the bottom drops out and we learn. We're all just hunters seeking solid ground. Don't stop trying to find me here amidst the chaos. Though I know it's blinding, there's a way out. Say out loud, we will not give up on love now. No fear, don't you turn like Orpheus, just stay here. Hold me in the dark and when the day appears, we'll say we did not give up on love today. I'll show you good, restore your faith. I'll try and somehow make a meaning of the poison in this place. Convince you, love, don't breathe it in. You were written in the stars that we are swimming in. And it has no name, no guarantee. It's just the promise of a day I know that some may never see. But that's enough. If the bottom drops out, I hope my love was someone else's solid ground. End of quote. What you just listened to are the lyrics of Sarah Bareilles' song, Orpheus. And with that, we begin today's episode of the podcast Anxiety, My Friend, with me, Rekel Coelho, Bunny. I do not know when you're listening to this, which day of the week or time of the day, but I hope it brings you hope and encouragement. How can we see every brilliant thing in a realistic manner? Every Brilliant Thing is the title of a text by Duncan Macmillan. In Portugal, it was adapted by Ivo Canelas and Margarida Valgato. Every Brilliant Thing is much more than a monologue. I went to see it here in Lisbon, and Ivo Canelas transformed this monologue into an immersive experience that connects us to so much of what goes on inside our souls. A journey through childlike hope that we slowly kill in our societies of standardization, hurry and disconnection. I am by no means pointing fingers. We are all a part of the problem. Would better policies that promote connection, community and well-being for all help? Yes, they would. But we don't seem to have them or we don't action them enough. And I do not believe that the government can be entirely to blame. The government is also us. Each time we badmouth and each time we do less or worse than we could. Please don't say that you do not have the privilege of time, because if we all disconnected from social media or TV for a week, and instead of that we discussed better practices and policies, the government too would be different. In January, I joined the enormous teacher's demonstration which filled the Avenida da Liberdade and a couple of days at Avenida 24 de Julho in front of the Ministry of Education. It was with hope that I saw 
teachers camping out in front of the Ministry of Education for three nights during the week. Whenever I see a strike glued to the weekend, my heart breaks. So it really did fill me with hope and pride to see the masses out on a Saturday afternoon, filling the avenue with words of hope. I do not think this is a teacher's fight. It needs to be a fight of all citizens working together for an education of excellence for every human being. Isn't that how we can build a better society, a better tomorrow? Seeing so many people out there together was a brilliant thing, or is a brilliant thing. But let's be honest, there's pain in being human. We experience loss, frustration, mismatches, pain. The monologue, All the Brilliant Things, talks about suicide, which can sound like a quick exit to profound pain. But you end up losing all the brilliant things that only you can see and experience. Actually, the entire world misses out on all the brilliant things that only you are able to see and share. Suicide is a very difficult and complex topic that we are unable to cover here in a responsible manner. So firstly, know that having suicidal thoughts is more common than you think. And secondly, seek help. Because even if it feels like you are alone, you are not. If you're in the USA, call 988. If you're in France, call 01462146646. And if you're in Portugal, call 213544545. But like I said, this is a topic that I am unable to cover here in a responsible manner. In today's episode, we will be looking at five ways of bringing in all the brilliant things in a realistic way. The surprise, the never-ending learning, the curiosity, the bright red sunset, the ocean's roar, the tender look of my puppy, waking up in a comfy bed, waking up beside my beloved, cycling up a hill and feeling powerful. The world needs every brilliant thing that each one of us can see and share to make this a more wonderful place. Today, I'm inviting you to see all the brilliant things, but in a realistic way, not in a delusional way. It's a five-part invitation. One, priorities. Two, accept that there will be challenges. Three, feel. Four, act. And five, compare. So let's start with set priorities. Only if you set your own priorities will you do what you truly want to do. By the time you listen to this, it will be February, which means that most people's New Year resolutions will have gone down the drain. This is not the end of the world per se, but it's as good an opportunity as ever to set priorities and decide what matters to you. If you find yourself complaining about your job every day, think what might improve things. And if you feel trapped and like nothing can make it better, talk to someone. Plan an exit. A few years ago, I remember a particularly tough year when just a few weeks into the new job, I knew it was not right for me. 
But at the time, I was a class teacher, and so I was strongly aware of the potential impact of my decisions on those children. So I spoke to my leaders, gave open and honest feedback, and said I would leave as soon as they found a replacement for me. In the meanwhile, I invested my time, my energy, my professionalism, and made it through to the end of term. Sadly, by then, they had not yet found someone else, so I continued until the end of the second term. And needless to say, by then, I decided I might as well stick around until the end of the school year. It was a year of a lot of emotional unrest and struggle, and also a year of developing resilience and reminding myself of the greater cause. I can look back now and know that each of my children got the best emotional and pedagogical experience. This to say that at the time I wanted out. I wanted to quit. I wanted to leave. But I was aware of the impact of my job on other people. On one hand, on my kids, who would see their routines and sense of safety interrupted. On the other hand, the parents, who would be filled with worry about a new person coming into their kids' lives. And last, but not least, my colleagues, who would have to support the new arrival. So what I did to survive was I set some priorities. What was essential? I wanted my kids to have decent lessons, so I would plan and collaborate with colleagues within the limitations imposed. I also wanted to do something that would re-energize me, so I would walk or cycle to work through a beautiful park, and I had regular yoga classes at an excellent studio with a brilliant teacher, Pedro of Niyama Studio in Porto Matosinhos. So if you ever find yourself there, try out a class or two. Whenever I found myself getting anxious or irritated about decisions that were beyond me, I would refocus on my priorities and what I could control. This doesn't just work for teachers, it works for all jobs. Cleaning, for example, is something that is so socially devalued and unfortunately so few people do it well. I do not have a cleaner and I enjoy the sense of control and organization that I get from house chores. A few years ago, when I had an Airbnb though, I worked with a few different people and sadly found an enormous lack of pride in a job well done. At the time, I paid above the normal rate to show how much I valued the job. But that was only seen as meaning that I was loaded in cash, which was not at all true. Growing up, I was fortunate to have been surrounded by excellent examples of pride in a job well done, both for my mum and my dad. Both are multi-talented people that have worked in so many fields that I can't even list them here. And we're talking about people who only did four years of schooling as children. Yes. I always remember the pride with which they would have completed a job, and that stuck with me. To close the first part, I want to share two strategies to help you set priorities. One is the idea shared by Oliver Berkman in the book 4,000 Weeks, and I recommend this book really strongly, 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman. He says that you can make a list of 25 priorities. Of these 25, you select the five most important ones and underline them. These become your top five priorities and all the others go into the garbage bin. You don't even say, oh, I'll get this done at some point. You simply bin them. Another idea that I was reminded of by my friend Sam is the wheel of life. 
It's a brilliant resource. You draw a circle and divide it into eight sections, as if you were cutting up a pizza. And for each section or slice, you focus on one area of your life. Family, spirituality, love, career, health, friendship, fun, and money. You'll find a link to the PDF too, or to a PDF. You can decide how you're doing in each area, say from 1 to 10, and you can set priorities for all of them, some of them, or even choose to focus on one of them. 2. Accept that there will be difficulties. Prepare for failure. Effort does not always lead to success. Practice a pragmatic and informed attitude. I hope that the pandemic taught us a lesson about the fragility of our days and that it is a reminder that there will always be challenges. It is tempting to think that if I put in the work and the effort, then success and luck will follow. But thus is not always the case, my dear, as you have probably experienced firsthand. What to do when the challenges arrive? First, accept that they are part of a healthy life. Then look for the positive side or for the learning opportunity in those challenging situations. Find all the brilliant things, but stay informed and realistic. Both excessive cynicism and naive positivism can be be an addictive drug that pulls you away from reality. For example, I can think and say a daily mantra, hoping for it to happen. I will have more time for my family. I will have more time for my family. I will have more time for my family. And nothing happens. Or say that the sugar levels in my blood will lower. The sugar levels in my blood will lower. The sugar levels in my blood will lower. And they don't. Why? Because I did not change my practices. Come what may, if you want to see change, you must create change. If the aim is to have more time for something, then you must take time away from something else. One place where it is nearly almost possible to steal time is from social media. In our society, it is common to be sold the idea that if you put in enough effort, you will see the results you want. But the plain truth is that this is not always the case, like I said before. Sometimes we plan carefully, we get help from specialists to fine-tune everything, only to fail. I know that at that point one cannot help but feel bad, frustrated as if life is unfair. So it's worth reminding ourselves that life is just like that. Life is made of everything, success and failure. A few quotes I love about failure which cheer me up and I hope cheer you up too are I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something. But I cannot accept not trying. Michael Jordan. The next one is by Michelle Obama. Failure is a part of the process. You just learn to pick yourself back up. The next one is by Confucius. Our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fail. And next is Malcolm X. Children have a lesson adults should learn, not to be ashamed of failing, but to get up and try again. 
Most of us adults are so afraid, so cautious, so safe, and therefore so shrinking and rigid and afraid that is why so many humans fail. Most middle-aged adults have resigned themselves to failure. The next one is by Ariana Huffington. We need to accept that we won't always make the right decisions, that we'll screw up royally sometimes. Understanding that failure is not the opposite of success, it's part of success. Accepting that we will experience challenges and difficulties does not mean that we will become numb and stop feeling them. But it means that we can practice resilience. We can get up and keep living because life is made of success and of failure. With this, we have arrived at the third part, feel. Feel and bring awareness to everything you feel. Stop. Stop to feel all the brilliant things and to share some of them so that we may all take turns inspiring each other. A brilliant thing that happened to me recently was my puppy Joy sleeping all the way through the night. Yes, I hear you and I can hear that you fear that people are just jealous so you don't like to share. But what people? Are you not people? Am I not people? <laughs> yes, we're people. So we can change the paradigm. Share one brilliant thing with me today. You can do it by email at rakel at bunny.pt. So that's my name, R-A-Q-U-E-L at bunny.pt. Or on Instagram at Raquel Quello Bunny. I'm afraid I might sound like a broken record, but I truly believe, and research backs it, that we encounter so many positive things in our daily lives, but they can be subtle and fleeting, so we end up not celebrating them enough. Again, let me be clear that I'm not encouraging a naive or foolish positivity, but rather I'm promoting a connection to the here and now, a connection to the present moment, grabbing and celebrating the positive things. Let's give it a go right now, wherever you are, stop, Inhale deeply and exhale completely. Notice what it feels like to be in your body right now. What is your mind telling you? What can you feel, see, hear, smell? What is marvelous in this exact instant? I will take a moment and do the same. For me, something that is marvelous in this moment is that I get to speak to you from so far away, from this little room in a little apartment in little Lisbon. How marvelous it is that anyone, any human being can create a podcast and share their learnings with the world. I'm super curious about what marvelous things you noticed in this moment. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to do it now. Take a picture, a multi-dimensional picture of this moment in your life. What was the brilliant thing that you found? Share it, share it with someone. Whether you live alone or with others, 
be sure to share so that we can infect each other with little sparks of positivity and hope. And if that someone thinks it's silly, well, find someone else who appreciates your share. Throughout my life, there have been many times when I felt like I was just too much. I remember an ex saying that I was too friendly and smiled too much. I remember feeling too intense in some contexts, around some people, until I found my people. People who are close to me know that my intensity is nothing to fear, quite the opposite. It's one of my superpowers. So be sure to get out there and to find your people. Those around who you feel yourself and you feel at ease. Now, why am I inviting you to feel all the brilliant things? According to the psychologist Rick Hansen, who is a specialist in the science of happiness, when we stop to notice feelings of happiness for 10 to 20 seconds, we will allow them to sink in. I'll say that again so you can let that sink in. Rick Hansen, a specialist in the science of happiness, says that when we stop to notice feelings of happiness for 10 to 20 seconds, just stop and notice them, we will allow them to sink in. And let's face it, no one ever calls an ambulance or the police if you have a moment of bliss, joy or happiness. And that's one of the reasons why it's easy to ignore or dismiss it without taking time to appreciate it and let it sink in. With this idea of stopping to take good things in, we reach the fourth step of this episode. Take action. Take action because you are an agent of change. Sometimes in the rush of our days, we can feel like victims of our everyday lives. You might feel like you have to do this, do that, be here, be there. And that might be the case temporarily or for a certain project or a period of time. But except for certain scenarios, this is actually not the truth. And you'll agree, won't you? The truth is that we are complaining about a choice that we once made. For example, a person who has no kids might feel jealous of their friends who have kids because of the gazillions of fun activities they seem to be up to all the time according to their social media feed. But that person decided not to have or adopt kids. And this is a topic that could do with its own episode. And we won't do that. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, there are parents who might tell their childless friends that they are so lucky to get sleep through the night to have greater financial freedom or more flexibility with their schedule. Yes, but the childless adults also don't get birthday cards, Mother's Day cards, Father's Day cards. We ultimately have one choice ahead of us. Do I want to feel like a victim of life and focus on everything that I do not have or cannot do? Or do I want to focus on everything that is going well for me? Everything that I am rocking at. Talking of rocking it, it's a bit like when we compare ourselves to other people. When I read the book Becoming by Michelle Obama, I felt highly, highly inspired to be better in the world. Whereas a friend of mine never finished reading the book because she felt a bit depressed by the prospect that she would never have the level of influence that Michelle Obama has in the world. And this is true. So we need to be quite careful when it comes to comparison. I left this point for last, but it really is not the least important. Compare. But compare what? Compare yourself to your values instead of comparing yourself to other people. At the beginning of the year or in a moment of reflection, we might list our successes. 
but be sure to list your own successes and not Michelle Obama's successes. Comparison can be unfair. It will be unfair if you end up feeling less than or worse than someone else. And it's also unfair if you end up feeling greater than or better than someone else. Comparison is only fair if you compare it with how you want to move in the world, against your values. Right now, I have a couple of Udemy courses about values where you can explore what moves you in the world, and it's on sale right now. Go to udemy.com and search Raquel Coelho, and you will find the two courses. In the courses, you will explore your values, what moves you, and in turn, that will help you to set better goals and priorities. Priorities that agree with who you want to be in the world. So that's udemy.com, U-D-E-M-Y.com, udemy.com, and you can search Raquel Coelho, R-A-Q-U-E-L-C-O-E-L-H-O, R-A-Q-U-E-L-C-O-E-L-H-O. Still thinking about comparison? We all know people who lean towards the sunny side of life, who seem to see the silver lining even in the most challenging situations. And we also know people who slide towards depression and have a more cynical view of life. It's a bit like in the Stephen Frayer's gorgeous movie High Fidelity, where the main actor asks if it was pop music that created heartbreak, or if it was heartbreak that created pop music, or something along those lines. This optimism-cynicism tendency begs the question, is the optimist an optimist because they have a life of success and health? Or do they have a life of success and health because they're an optimist? Does the pessimist have a life of sadness and bad luck? Or are they sad and unlucky because they're pessimistic? Perhaps a bit of both. Perhaps it changes from situation to situation. But it's essential to practice comparing yourself to your own values. And let's face it, even comparing yourself to yourself can be unfair sometimes. Let's say you want to compare your physical abilities or fitness levels three months after breaking a leg. Surely you cannot expect it to be the same as before breaking your leg. However, you can think about your values in what relates to your body and your health and work out safe ways of being active in your new stage in life. And remember that, quote, forever is composed of nows, end of quote, as wisely noted by Emily Dickinson. I'll say it again. Forever is composed of nows. In order to build those nows, today I left you with five ideas. One, set priorities. Two, accept that there will be challenges. Three, feel. Four, act. And five, compare. Oh my goodness. How did I forget to mention the unofficial Lisboa Park Run? It's such a beautiful event and community event that David and I have been organizing since we moved to Portugal. As I speak, it is becoming more and more community-led because David is away for a few months and we had our very first park run where community members set the trail, did tail walking, removed the tail flags, took photographs. It was beautiful. It's on the first Saturday of every month 
It's totally free. It's totally inspired by the official park run because we dream of bringing it to Portugal. It takes place in the beautiful green lush Monsanto where we gather at 8.50 a.m. for a 9 a.m. sharp start. It's a 5k loop, 5 kilometers, which will take about an hour to walk and um, however many minutes it takes you to run. Some fasties do it in 18 minutes, go figure. <laughs> if you feel like catching some fresh air and you don't want to or cannot run, you can be a volunteer and support an excellent cause. Just show up in Monsanto on the first Saturday of every month. The link is in the show notes, but you can also Google Lisboa Park Run on Facebook and on Meetup. I love that the Park Run actually follows all of the five steps we mentioned today. One, it sets priorities. Getting out in nature and spending time with others. Two, accept that there will be challenges. Oh man, those hills are tough. Especially the one just before the finish line. <laughs> Three, feel. How's your body feeling that day? Four, act. Take action and be a part of a beautiful community event. Five, compare. Your feeling of fitness and the time it takes you to complete the five kilometer loop. Commit to coming every month and you will soon feel stronger. Thank you for listening to the podcast Anxiety My Friend with me, Raquel Coelho. 